Genuine love. Mm, it knows no class, eh? It happens anytime, anywhere, sometimes when you least expect it. And that's what the song is about. It's Medini Classic pairing up with Gillard Miller to deliver this purest of love stories. The song is called Pure Love. It's a Kenyan song and it's available on all major streaming platforms. It is my duty as a life happian, and that's how we shall define ourselves here on Life Happens. Henceforth, we are life happians. Uh, it is our duty uh, to make sure that we keep others informed and in the loop regarding the the world's best music, food and travel destinations and uh, we stay true to our mandate. So let's go to Kenya this Travel Tuesday and focus on its sights, its sounds, its smells, its spells. Uh, do share your experiences. Are you from Kenya? Have you ever been to Kenya? Uh, is it on your to-do list? Make sure you get in touch with us online in Studio 891 104207 On WhatsApp, we're at 614 On Twitter, find us at SAFM Radio. The hashtag there is hashtag SAFM Life Happens. Let's go right into it now. We're joined by assistant editor at Now Media, Catherine Bauer. Catherine, very good afternoon to you. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. I don't even know where to begin when we talk about Kenya. Some of your highlights of uh, what we can do when we're there. Well, I think, you know, as a visitor to Kenya, one of the first things you come across is often Doma Kenyatta International Airport, and that's sort of a baptism by fire into um, the life and sounds of Kenya. It's um, it's a, a quite a complicated airport. Um, it's, it's sometimes tricky to navigate, and one of the first things you realize is the security. The security is much stricter than in, than in South Africa, and so I would recommend to any travelers traveling to Kenya uh, try wear slip-on shoes because you're going to be taking your shoes off, you know, three or four times going through security checks. Um, and then once you've got through that, you're out into Kenya and a whole world awaits. I love it. Okay, so we also must make sure, uh, you said slip-on shoes, try to avoid belts also, because I imagine yeah. if, you're, if you're a gent, you'd have to be taking the buckle off and on, etc. Yeah. So, so try and maybe... Wristwatches as well. Wristwatches as well. Awesome, yeah. awesome. And time management, try and make sure if you do have a connecting flight that you give, um, you know, you don't wait around and do your shopping. Make sure you go through customs, etc. as soon as you possibly can so you're not delayed exactly. by all the checks. Yeah, exactly. Very handy tip. Thank you very much. Now, I just checked out and I saw Mount Kenya. It's the continent's second highest peak. I believe it's also something that's quite popular. A lot of people like to, to summit it. Yeah, and people do uh, do climb it. Of course, Kilimanjaro is everyone's first prize mm-hmm. down south in Tanzania. <laughs> yeah. But um, Mount Kenya is popular and... Um, the, the, it, it, it falls within a, a nature reserve, and so while you're there, there are great um, game viewing opportunities as well. So um, it's kind of the best of both worlds for adventure and nature. And some of the things that you see uh, on television, maybe Discovery Channel, etc., the great migration in uh, Masai Mara. I mean, the likes of the wildebeest there, the antelope, the zebra. Mm-hmm. It looks magical, but my question is timing. So you'd have to make sure you go at a particular time, I'd imagine. Yes, so the Great Migration happens uh, generally July and August, but I must um, add the proviso that um, that part, that that time period for South Africans can be very expensive. Remember, Kenyan um, tourism prices are quoted in dollars, mm. so the exchange rate is against us, unfortunately. So I would recommend, actually, there are, there are other um, times of the year that are better for South Africans, and um, you'll be able to get cheaper rates. Like, for example, um, April and May is the rainy season. And now, when I say rain, I don't mean like 
you know, rain for days on end. It's similar to a Johannesburg rainy season in that there's quite a heavy thunderstorm in the afternoon and then it clears up for the rest of the day. And that's a great time for South Africans to go. You'll still see, you know, the the world-renowned um, Kenyan plains, but mm. at a cheaper price and fewer crowds, and that's also crucial. Another really interesting time, and I think um, a time that a lot of people would enjoy is the calving season, which is um, February and March, and that's when a lot of animals will drop their young, their babies. So you'll, you know, you'll see hundreds of baby giraffes, zebra, and wildebeest, and that's really a special time to to visit Kenyan wildlife as well. It's absolutely incredible. I can just imagine. And then tell us a little bit about those who say, you know, the wildlife is is great, and I enjoy that, but I can just do that here at the Kruger National Park. I'm all about the beach, especially the South mm. Kenyan coast. Talk to me about where some of those hotspots are that they can go to just uh, just soak up the sun there and uh, the sea and the sand. Well, so of course Mombasa is Kenya's second largest city, um, and that sits on the coast. But there, are, all the way up and down the coast, there are um, great destinations for South Africans to visit. With with that classic white sandy beaches, turquoise um, blue water. So. Um, for example, Malindi, which is just north of Mombasa, of Mombasa is very popular with, with European tourists, which mm-hmm. means that there's been quite a lot of development of resort-type hotels. Um, and it also is situated within the Malindi Marine Park. So um, you'll be able to see to go um, snorkeling, to see some coral. Um, there are turtles, dolphins, and if you're lucky, you know, you can see some of that sea life as well. And then a little bit south of Mombasa is Diani Beach. Now, that's um, it's about... Si- 17 kilometers long, if I'm not mistaken. It's a hugely um, popular beach, um, and also very uh, and also very well known for the colobus monkey, which is those um, black and white monkeys. Uh, you know, if if you're familiar with with those um, pictures of, of those, and um, so that's also a, a really interesting place for, for people to visit. And it's a gr- it's a great idea to pair what we call a beach and bush package. So you do some some beach and then some bush, and you can see some of the Kenyan wildlife, as well as marine life as well. Oh, I love it. The best of both worlds. Catherine, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll continue to speak about some of the sites and uh, things that we can add on our to-do list when going to Kenya. Please stay with us. It is now 19 minutes to two. Reason to be cheerful. 1 to 3 p.m. Ayanda Ali Payne on SAFM. It's Travel Tuesday. Buckle up. We're going to Kenya today. We're joined by Assistant Editor at Now Media, Catherine Bauer, just bringing up uh, to speed with what we can experience when in that part of the continent very quickly on uh, WhatsApp. It's unsigned, but a wonderful message which reads as follows. Kenya is one of the places in Africa that has a place in my heart for the people I worked with and the parks and the animals. Hope to go back after years. So yeah, those who have fond memories of Kenya, you're more than welcome to share those with us. But Catherine, something that was quite interesting for me that I didn't know can even be a feature is something that has been dubbed the Lunatic Express. It's the Nairobi-Mombasa train. I believe it was first opened in 1901 because it seemed like such a crazy idea to build a railroad through the African bush. It's now been revamped and I believe some of the people are considering it a tourist attraction. Yes, it's, so it cuts the travel time between Mombasa and Nairobi down to about four and a half hours, and it means that you really get to see the countryside. So it's, I think, you know, if you are pairing the capital city with Mombasa, it's a great option. Um, rather than sitting in a car or, or taking a flight, I think it's a great option for you to really get a sense of what Kenya looks like from the ground. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely important because you also want to to, to travel uh, the way Kenyans would travel, you know, so not just air, you must be on the ground and the train, try and see if you can use any of their metered taxis and the like. You can also get to exactly. uh, speak to some of the people, some of the fellow passengers on the train and you get a mm-hmm. real sense, uh, not just a touristy sense, uh, the real sense of uh, what the country is like. Let's speak yeah. about, is it Elsa's, uh, Elsa? I think uh, it says here you can explore Elsa's home turf. I believe uh, that was one of Kenya's famous felines, uh, immortalized by Joy uh, Adamson's 1960 Born Free. It's basically an orphaned lioness that was raised by Adamson and her husband in a part of the remote Kenya bush that's now Meru National Park. But such encounters, I believe, are something that are quite common. You did speak about the bush experience. Mm. And Kenya has a couple of really interesting um, conservation programs that they run, um, mm. two of which are found right in Nairobi, so you don't even have to leave the city, um, to get right up and close with giraffes at the Giraffe Center, um, which was founded in 1979. And that's where you, re- you you can literally be kissed by a Rothschild giraffe, which is a really special experience. Oh, my goodness. Um, and there are only about 300 Rothschild giraffes left, uh, or, yeah, left, um, in the world, I mean, no, sorry, there there are 300 now that the center has contributed to to giraffes in the wild. So it's really it's a really important center. Um, the other one is the David Sheldrick Trust, which is just just uh, connected to the Nairobi National Park, which is a national park within the city, um, and there they help um, baby orphaned elephants. Uh, they, they help raise elephants. Um, and it's really a very important um, tool for the Kenyan Wildlife Services to help um, rehabilitate elephants that have lost their mothers due to poaching or natural mm. causes and send them back um, into the wild. They've had about 240 elephants that they've sent back um, into the wild. And it's and they also assist, obviously, with research, with anti, anti-poaching research. Um, they have a mobile vet unit that um, assists the Kenya Wildlife Services with treating their animals. Um, and tourists can, can go experience, they can watch. It's only open for an hour a day where you get to watch the elephants um, be fed by their handlers. Um, and that's also a really, really special experience. And that um, is also really well-priced. You, your minimum contribution is $7. So it's done on a, on a, a donation basis. Um, and then you can also adopt an elephant um, which is a, a yearly payment that you pay towards the centre. Hmm. I, I think that's so important. And, and, and also something that's quite important is that you get a sense of um, just that Swahili culture and how it's evolved, but how it's still managed to uh, keep its relevance in inverted commas and its significance, I think. And one of the ways that many tourists have been able to to, to capture that is through, now you're going to have to help me with the pronunciation. I think it's the Dao. Um, a lot of them travel to Lamu Island in the North Kenyan coast, uh, one of the yeah. great outposts of traditional is the Dao's, how you pronounce it there, the sailing vessels that they use. The Dao, yes. Yeah, great. okay, great. I thought to myself, is it Dao? Is it Do? Uh, tell me a little bit about that experience. Actually, it might be Do. You, you might be correct. I have no I idea. Sure. <laughs> but yes, be that as it may. So it's a lovely sailing uh, vessel. It's, it's small, it's intimate, and it seems a little popular in that part of the world. Yeah, and you know that that part of the world has a very interesting history. Mm. Um, similar to South Africa, obviously Kenya has a very extensive pre-colonial and then colonial history, and Lamu Island is is no different. Um, and so that um, that sorry, so that experience also kind of um, gives you a sense of the the region's history as well, um, because that that mode of transport has been around, you know, 
for for many years. Um, they, the, I think the history of the of the Dao is and it, it stems from an um, a, an Arabic uh, area, or mm-hmm. an, you know, it comes out of Kenya's Arabic history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, as I say, it gives you a kind of a way to delve into Kenya's history. Speaking of delving into things, scuba diving, is that something in, uh, that's popular there, you know, with the Indian Ocean, snorkeling and the like? Certainly snorkeling. I'm, I'm, I would be lying if I say I knew um, much about scuba diving, mm-hmm. but definitely snorkeling is, is popular. And um, there are a number of, of sites of really rich coral reefs that are, are popular for snorkelers, and they lie just off the coast, so they're easily accessible. And the, the flamingos lake is it Nakuru Lake Nakuru? Yes, yes. and yes. I'm and I'm saying this because you see all those beautiful pictures of uh, hundreds upon hundreds of the bird species that uh, frequent uh, Lake uh, Nakuru in uh, Kenya's Great Rift Valley. But the flamingos must be the absolute best. They are gorgeous. They look majestic with their pink feathers and their, their absolutely skinny legs. Mm. And, you know, there are a couple of kind of quintessential postcard moments that you mm. need in Kenya. And I think Lake Nakuru is one of them. Um, and I know the Minister of Tourism in Kenya has really worked to promote that region um, and promote the bird life of Kenya. It's very well known for its animals, but he's really working to to boost its its um it's, it's, it's being known for bird life. Also, Lake Bagoria is also quite a popular um, site for birds. And um, flamingos are observed here year-round, which is also, you know, helpful for tourists. Yeah. Let's move from bird life to nightlife. I believe that uh, uh, dancing the night away in Nairobi is also something that absolutely uh, one must do when in that part of Africa. Yes. And of course, music, um, as any African country, um, is quintessential to life in Nairobi. Um, bars, clubs, lounges are very popular. Um, and then because I think, you know, it kind of stems from its colonial history, the, the, the kind of traditional pub idea as well, where you'll get mm. kind of good pub food and pints of beer is also pretty popular as well. But um, nightclubs are typically often quite late, uh, open quite late, sorry, um, often, you know, until sunrise the next day. Um, and then, as I say, small neighborhood bars and guest houses will also offer a good little party on the side as well. Sure. <laughs> if they open late uh, and they uh, close late, I think you can miss me with that. Can I come 10 o'clock? I'm already like, whoa, it's past <laughs> my bedtime. <laughs> it's past my bedtime. Well, I suppose, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans. When in Kenya, exactly. you'll do as the Kenyans. I'll just have to be yep. strong. Let's speak uh, a little bit about uh, some of the sporting activity there. I believe if you want to train for a marathon, uh, Iten is the place to go. It's uh, perched in the highlands near uh, Eldoret. Uh, the town of Eton or Eton is renowned for its long distance runners. I understand that multiple Olympic gold medalists and world record holders hail from that particular part of the country. Um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm really not clued up on marathons at all, so unfortunately I wouldn't be able to say. But of course, um, rugby sevens is very popular in Kenya and they can't, their sevens team is is. Um, is very successful. Mm-hmm. Cricket is, is also particularly uh, popular, um, and then of course soccer. You know that's the the universe or the the universal sport in Africa. Um, and similar to here, when you drive through Nairobi, there are sort of makeshift 
soccer fields on the side of the road mm. and, and often kids playing soccer. And if you would, wanted to get involved as a tourist, I'm sure they wouldn't turn you away if you jumped <laughs> in and started kicking the ball around. Katha, I'd just be there taking photos, girl. I'm going nowhere near <laughs> that soccer field and I'm Instagram going nowhere life. near. Yeah, no, I have no ambitions of training for the marathon either. Uh, but uh, something that I stumbled across that I thought was quite interesting is uh, something that's called gates of hell. I believe people cycle through, quote, the gates of hell. And I looked at it and I thought, oh, dear me. Uh, but I believe it's an area located about 60 uh, or 96 kilometers uh, from Nairobi uh, in the bowels of the Great Rift Valley. Hell's Gate is um, a lava-carved landscape. I don't know if you would know anything about that. I looked at it and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I know it, it's, it, it is a national park, so it is obviously protected by the Kenya Wildlife Services. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole Rift Valley is really, um, it's a landscape like you won't see anywhere else. It's, it's a very special um, landscape to see. And like you say, very good for taking photos. So, um, yeah, I think if you are looking for, for a kind of lesser known um, spot in Kenya, that's, that's maybe a good choice. All righty, let's uh, take another quick break. Catherine, when we come back, we'll wrap up this conversation. Reason to be cheerful. 1 to 3 p.m. Ayanda Ali Payne on SAFM. We're in Kenya for Travel Tuesday today. Assistant Editor at Now Media, Catherine Bauer, uh, joins us uh, just to quickly bring us up to speed with the things you absolutely must do uh, when in Kenya. Catherine, as we wrap up this conversation, where do people go to get more information to maybe tailor make their packages or uh, log on to existing packages and see how far they can go? Uh, well, there are a number of South African um, operators that will be be able to assist you. Um, Thompson's Holidays is, is is a good one, and the Travel Corporation is also uh, also offers Kenyan packages, so they'll be able to help you um, package your your holiday. And I think I must also remind the listeners that Kenya is a visa free destination for South Africans. For South Africans, so you know you can go. We don't need that extra cost of a visa. Just remember your le- yellow fever certificate and mm-hmm. malaria medication and. A camera, definitely take a camera. Oh, yes. Kat, thank you very much for that update. I've never been to Kenya, but it's also one of my to-dos. My bucket list is just getting bigger and bigger. Every time I have conversations uh, with people from the travel and tourism industry uh, for a destination that I've never been to, I'm like, oh, I absolutely must go. Catherine, I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. All right, let's hear from the little ones now and find out what they know about Kenya.